Warlock wizards, or hell, maybe we are. Either way, you and I are both shining stars. We are gonna go somewhere. Maybe along, maybe we will drive a car. <laughs> On this episode, there's Richard and me. And as usual, we're gonna speak. I have not made the rest of the lyrics up, but this is a song. Though it is, I admit, rather weak. And yeah, so, there you go. That'll do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for July. Live not, and direct. Not the entirety of July. Not all of July, just some of July. Just a little bit of July, almost <laughs> at the beginning. Not the beginning of the July, not the end of July, just in the middle of the July. <laughs> Look around the eyes, not the middle of the eyes. Um... It's it's kind of sunny outside, it's a bit overcast outside, I should potentially be painting a fence, but I've decided instead that rather have rather have a cedar red on my fence outside, I'm going to have a bed red in my ears. <laughs> because who cares about Mr. Miyagi? Mr. Miyagi does not get you to paint their fence. I am training to do my best as karate, which means I need to go outside and I've got a lovely floor to sand and I've got a fence to paint <laughs> and then I've got a 1950s Cadillac to drive down the street like the the kind of the person that I am. Joining me, um, as I said, you've, you well, you don't, they need no introduction. They are the force of nature, the wonder <laughs> of the sea and the air. They are that person that is at the probably the larger wavelength of the electromagnetic spectrum in glorious red. I give you the wonderful, the delightful Bez. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Richard. Yes! Thank you for having me on. It's Sunday. I think. It is Sunday. At the time of us recording, peeking behind the curtains, it's a Sunday, and we're recording because I asked Richard, well, I mean, you don't even do the whole shebang of going into and searching for other podcasts now. I mean, don't bit bother. by bit, you're dropping all the facades. Like, later on, you, you've not even been telling people you're going to edit things that you don't edit even more. No, no. It, like... You know, you're becoming more and more honest. You've let slip that you are actually a wizard. And then, like, <laughs> soon people are going to know that you're a bit of a dick. And, like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am becoming my final form. <laughs> so, um, what are we here to talk about, Bess? What are we here to talk about? It's because of BG DevCon. BG DevCon. So, what's the BG stand for? Board games. All right, okay. I thought it was maybe um, Bez Games. No, or, it's not about me. It's about everyone. Have it's you... all. It's always about you. Everything is always about you. Every time I go anywhere, it's always about you. I can't well, I walk down you were the high this street. In a weird way, like oh, Bez is so arrogant. Everything <laughs> is always about um, like they are. But actually, you're doing it in a really nice way. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. I guess. <laughs> kind of. We'll get away with it. I'll um, edit. I'll edit it so it sounds great. Um, <laughs> BG, so let's start off with the. Um, let's let's be serious for a second because it is, you know, it's a serious place in a serious time. Um, wh- where did you get the idea for BG DevCon? Because I know that you've regularly kind of take part in kind of like playtesting and groups and stuff like that. So. What made you first decide to do something like BG DevCon? 
So, yeah, it's basically all stemmed from Playtest UK because, you know, I came to London maybe, I keep saying six years ago, now it's maybe seven years. I, I've lost, wait, in 2012, yeah, seven years, let's say, six and a half years. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. The point is, I came to London, there was one playtest group um, that was meeting once a month, which is hardly anything compared to nowadays when it's like literally um, two, ten, eleven a month um, just in London. And back then, this one time a month was enough to say, hey, I'm going to carry on going. I'm going to get my game tested with people like Brett Gilbert, like Matthew Dunstan, like all... Yes, people that I respect, but also people that I've not heard of. Everyone's got a valid thing to say about your game. And the most important thing is that you are allowed to bring that game without imposing on others. That you're not going to a board game group and saying, Hey, please, please, will you look at my game? It's a mm -hmm. case of you coming. And as long as you're willing to spend the time looking at other people's games, yes, we will spend the time looking at your game. Because it's all about reciprocation and work in kind. It's essentially peer review is what it is. I mean, you come along to a Friday daytime, and if you are just coming forward to one session, then you better not be bringing your game, frankly, because mm -hmm. that's really just taking time away from everyone else. You're not contributing everything, anything. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you can only come to like one session a time, well, come a couple of times, then you've kind of helped yourself a couple of times then like the third time you come or if you're there for the full day which is like three slots then like on the third slots you get a couple of other people to look at your thing and then it's perfectly balanced do you know what i mean it's not like everything has to be so calculated but yeah. there does have to be some exchange even though it's never a monetary exchange it is an exchange of time and energy and I was going to say skills, but again, the skill level shouldn't really come into it. I mean... Ideas, sometimes, yeah. I think, is a good thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, um, yeah, and efforts. And so this is brilliant. And then we'd started off the um, playtests on the Friday, and there was a lot of good playtesting going on, but we didn't maybe have enough discussions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so that was what got me thinking. What if people got together... Like, all the game developers, all the designers, like, even maybe some publishing people. And we got together, but we didn't playtest. So playtesting is actually not allowed. That's the number one rule. All right. Just so you could focus on... Is is the playtesting when a group of folk get together who are developers, is that an easy... Not an easy cop-out, but it's an easiest thing to do because I'm taking I'm taking that actually sitting down and organising kind of um, actual topics to discuss in workshops and things like that. That takes an awful lot of that takes an awful lot of work. I mean, it's easy for me to say like, put here's my current prototype of whether the weather gods in front of you. Mm. And you go, yeah, well, let's play it a couple of times and then let's make some notes. But it's a different thing to say, okay, let's spend, let's do an, a, an hour and a half session on the, um, on the name of your game or the artwork of your game or, you know, oh, deciding on inserts and stuff like that. Even more than that, it's not about anyone's particular game. That's mm. the key point, that it's for people to come along and so... You know, I'm not saying, I mean, Ben Neumann, wonderful person in America, like, 
I don't need to get into Ben Neumann every time. It's still unpublished, but they have made some amazing games. They were a, par- a big part of the reason that Tinabind and Aoyogi exists. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so shout out to them. Um, but they were making the point that, you know, when you say don't do this, don't do that, it can sound a bit confrontational. So what it is, is about rather than focus on any one single game, you're not even saying, hey, what's this art like? It's trying to exchange ideas to make every game that we make in future better, if you know what I mean. Yes. So it's like um, you going to, you're going to Tabletop Scotland and I like I don't know if you are the host or if you're just one of the panelists on that Kickstarter thing. I'm the host. Okay. God the most. Well, um, so you say. <laughs> what? I am sorry. That is. You well. ain't seen me host in public. I mean, these people they they have no idea what they're letting themselves. I am. For. I am actually a bit sad that I'm not going to be around because I should be at my table at Tabletop Scotland. So I'm not going to come over to see you for that lunch break, but I will definitely look at it on the video. I am going to, therefore, completely rearrange the timing of it so that you can actually (laughs) come along, or I will ask somebody else to look after your table, um, or shut it. No, seriousness, I will look forward to watching it because the Unlucky Frog, Josh, Ben, and Charlotte, I think, I don't know which one of them it was, but responded that they are indeed. recording it which is excellent but um then i'm definitely doing it naked (laughs) um like so (laughs) with bgdefcon throwing you throwing your thoughts there trying your train of thought bgdefcon it's like the same where if you're doing a talk about kickstarter that's helping everyone who's going to go on kickstarter and um at the start of Friday, we kind of normally try to get together for 10 o'clock and then we only start playing like five minutes before 11. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a long time to have a chat, which if there's a newcomer, it'll be like, oh, good to meet you. How did you get into board game design and trying to make them feel welcome and everything? And because, you know, David Brain and I are now friends, it'll be like, okay, how how's your week going? Has there been anything notable? And maybe I'll have some idea that maybe I will post something about one of my games but Mm -hmm. going to BG DevCon isn't about hey here's an aspect of my game can other people help me it's hey here's um, firstly we have micro talks which is everyone um, standing up for like one minute, two minutes, three minutes um giving an example of where they're from, what they're passionate about, and, yeah, basically then starting some ideas churning. Like, someone one year talked about how dance and game rules are very similar and, like, all the parallels that you can draw between them. And it's just a new way to think about board game design because every new lens is, like, a new instrument that you can take. And then you've got um, people who are doing longer talks Yes, it might be about a post-mortem of something that's been published, but that's kind of for other people to learn. So the idea is that when you're talking, you're doing it with the consideration of other people and being like, okay, what are other people learning from this? And when you're sitting down, you are listening, but you're really gaining something of value. I mean, like, you go to UK Games Expo and they have all the brilliant talks. Like, the first year I went in 2011, I listened to Lewis Pulsifer 
who made Britannia, and I listened to some person from, I don't know the name of, about miniature gaming and a few other board game designers, because this was something that I was really interested about, and I was keen to go to every single seminar I could and learn from them, and that was fantastic. So, I've got stuff that I can teach um, someone further down the road from me. I've even got some stuff that I can teach Matthew Dunstan, because even Matthew even though Matthew is, like, further ahead from, a, like, if we were all walking one path, the truth is we don't all walk the exact same path. We do all walk slightly similar but slightly different, like, maybe adjacent paths. It's more like we're walking through a forest where there are maybe are no clear paths, if you know what I mean. And maybe some of us want to get to one side and then some of us are saying, hey, actually, you don't even need to get to that other side. Like, you don't even need to... Um, Mass producing your game and selling a hundred thousand copies or a million copies might not be the only goal worth going for. And so, hey, let's come and explore this little rocky pool in the middle of the forest and pointing out to people like, hey, this is a new way to think about game design. And so it's kind of from the focus of let's get together and help support each other and make each other better so that when you leave... You will be a better designer, you will be a more inspired designer, and you will yeah. be read, more ready to make games. And even if you never want to make a game, I hope that it will be interesting to you to kind of hear other people doing it. That's- yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think we're getting to that stage where um, the sharing of knowledge is starting to happen. And I think it's mm. because... I think it's because... Um, the Kickstarter thing, the Kickstarter side of things is maturing. And I think people are, they're always quite kind of protective of their ideas and their IP. And there's always a worry about, um, and there's always a worry about somebody coming along and stealing your idea um, and and kind of creating the game. But I think um, those who are sensible are realising that it's not just taking, it, it, it no longer takes, it doesn't take six months to kind of, develop a game I mean that's almost an impossible and I think um, sometimes people struggle with the same thing but they are hesitant to I mean, go sorry, ahead and ask I'm for going help to, what do you mean it's impossible to develop a game in six months are you saying that that's way too short I think no I think um, I think if I think sometimes there can be paranoia that somebody who's been working on their their, their game for like years and years and years are sometimes afraid to kind of share all the information about their game because sometimes they might be worried that um, for certain types of games that somebody else is just going to come along and develop the same game in a very very short period of time I guess rather than give a period of you know period of time you know there um, are definitely like examples of things having been stolen and as you get closer to the toy industry that is more and more rampant like mm. if you look at all the speak out stuff, like all the games where people put mouth guards into their mouths and oh, yeah. try to say something while other people don't quite understand them, there are so many knockoffs of that. And like if you look at um, Jungle Speed, which is like very firmly in the game industry, but it has, I'm assuming, sold millions at this point. Um, you know, there are knockoffs of Jungle Speed out there that offer nothing except it's, hey, here we've done different pictures. And um, there's obviously a question of how closely is it okay to be. And there 
have been like um things like um the example of Bang the Dice Game, where they copied what they called the look and feel of it, rather than even just the mechanics. So for the reason of copying the look and feel, they did actually have a court situation where they were told to stop selling what they were selling. So I'm not going to say to anyone, don't worry, your game will never be stolen, but it is unlikely. And if your game is supremely simple, basically, if you have to be honest to some degree, like if I'm making a war game, I that will never be copied. And if I were, it's just, there's just not enough money in there. If you're making something that's supremely simple, like, um, okay, Bananagrams or, yeah, Jungle Speed, that is the kind of thing that might be copied. And so it's kind of, okay, which industry are you going into? And Kickstarter, you know, it's... Let, I mean, it's... I hate to say to people, this will never get stolen. And Adam Porter made the point that Adam's really trying to work in a more toy-based industry where people could copy it with a bit less difficulty. Yeah. I think I guess my point is that if somebody if you're starting at stage ten and somebody's starting at stage one and they're trying to do exactly the same thing, they're always going to potentially be a little bit behind you and not necessarily have the kind of the the kind of the message. But mm. you know but as at all I'm just saying is like sharing I think sharing best practice on how you would approach certain ways. I think um I see on a lot of the board game dev groups you get the same question coming up again and again about say like barcodes or the same question coming up again about you know logistics providers or you know um I see those kind of getting repeated questions kind of like again and again and sometimes um Facebook is fine, but there's not everybody that's always active on all the Facebook groups. Not everybody follows kind of social media. So mm. I think that if people were aware of an event where they could actually sit down and, and share kind of best practice, and let's let's face it, it happens in other industries as well in terms of people getting together and sharing kind of best practice, whether it's like um, social services or you know, manufacturing, marketing. I mean, there are conferences that people go to and some of the, some you know, there's always kind of sp- speakers and something like that where, you know, we'll gather together and they'll discuss kind of key topics and people will share best practice and kind of take notes even though they might potentially be in the same, in the same space or even mm. competitors to each other. Mm. So I don't, I think, I'm, I think this is something that's required it's not new, but I think it's something that obviously works in other industries, and I welcome that you are trying to bring something like this into the kind of the tabletop kind of space because I think it's potentially long, long overdue. Yeah, I mean you've got obviously um, GDC Game Developers Conference for yeah. like video games, and yes, there's even a bit of tabletop games like you know they share a lot of their videos and that's fantastic and um people come along to it and i've seen um videos from mark rosewater who's head designer of magic the gathering doing 20 lessons in 20 years and like it's a you know it's kind of a clickbait title but it is genuinely a brilliant talk one of the best ways to spend an hour if you are into game design and 
there's people doing postmortems, that's fantastic. This is something that most people aren't going to be able to get to. And I started um, BG DevCon, like going back to it, it was like I had the idea, Andy Angu, who runs the Enfield Playtest at their Adults Learning Academy, and um, when it's shot on Mondays sometimes, um, said, hey, I'm planning to do a Mega Civilization game. And, you know, Andy's trying to search for 18 people made me think, hey, wait a minute, Andy. You know, I've got this idea for a BG DevCon. What do you think? And Andy was like, yeah, why not? And we've got this distribution of division, like this division of labor, where basically Andy does the hosting and gets the food. And that's Andy's responsibility. And I'm kind of doing a bit more of the social media side. And um, I try to work out the speakers and stuff. And um, then last year, especially, there was Matthew Dunstan. I mean, like, doing a lot of help with pitching in ideas and organising things. And ultimately, it is all thanks to the speakers, like Mike Nod, who's spoken every year about something that they've been working on. And it's something that's finished, because I try to take it out... I try to remove the ego, if you know what I mean. Because yes. let's say I was right now talking about Kitty Cataclysm and doing a post-mortem on that. Or not even that. That's a bigger example. Let's say I was doing a discussion on Plus, my next game. Then I would be kind of going into almost promotional mode, thinking, okay, I'm promoting this. I'm getting people excited for it. And to a lesser degree, like also Kitty Cataclysm. Whereas let's say now I was doing a post-mortem of Yogi slash in a bind. I mean without wanting to sound too yeah like guess this is kind of bragging but the success of yogi is not going to be affected by me talking about it in front of 30 40 however many people at a conference do you know what i mean that's what you call a case is is what you call a case study exactly and you know you're not you're past you're past the kind of the promotion message and you're then into what you would call the kind of the lessons learned kind of message where it doesn't you know you know you might get a couple of people potentially checking out the game but there's a chance that everybody that's going to be present in that room is already aware of that product or of that service and are therefore they're more interested in how you know the certain things that you did as opposed to actually learning about the product itself yeah, yeah exactly like how it was done why you did those things things that you would do differently, things you do again. I mean, that's what it basically comes down to. And this is the kind of things it's good to ask ourselves. And this is the kind of thing that it's good to share with others so that they can learn from you and they can jumpstart. Because, I mean, you mentioned Kickstarter and you've got Jamie Stegmeyer, who's, um, you know, they've left the industry, like the Kickstarter industry, like they're still in the board game industry, but they're still looking on from the horizon and they wrote a hell of a lot about it. And, you know, James Maffey, rest in peace, you know, was doing really short, sweet articles about, hey, here's a big list of all the distributors. Hey, here's how you do an RFQ. What is an RFQ? It's a request for a quote. Here's how you kind of send something off like that to a manufacturer without sounding like a pillock. And mm -hmm. um, this is brilliant stuff that people are sharing. And the reason that I believe I was... Um, a semi-decent designer to start off with is because I had a head start because I'd read so much stuff by Mark Rosewater 
and um, the developers of Magic the Gathering, where they do go into, these are our practices, and not everything can be translated, but some of it can. And, you know, Jeff Engelstein in Ludology, and I guess that's part of it. There is the learning from people, and there's also, to a smaller degree, well, depending on where you are, there's also the networking and meeting of people. Because, let's be honest, we're not... um, generally making board games expecting to be millionaires. So there are people who are doing it because maybe they are already financially wealthy and they are, um, they've made money from maybe something like Google or Facebook or whatever. And, you know, not being the, like Mark Zuckerberg, but even if you're working for these companies, maybe you make a good amount of money or if you're working in the financial sector. And I do know people who are legitimately saying, hey, I've got enough money to live comfortably. I'm doing board game design, not because I expect to um, earn anything, but just because it's what gives me intellectual satisfaction. Conversely, you've got people like me where I am doing it as my main source of income. Mm -hmm. And it's true that realistically, I might never make a game that sells as well as Yogi will do. But... um, I can look to kind of think about other goals, like can I make games that will help the world or... And also the more important thing is because we aren't doing it primarily for money and yes, we want to make money, yes, we want to make great games, yes, we want to make games that are facilitating fun or valuable experiences, but it's also, hey, we can have fun along the way and it's nice to meet people, it's nice to be validated and say, hey we are on the same journey as you and we will support you if you can. And to hear a talk by someone and then say, hey, wow, I really respect that person. Like at UK Games Expo, um, I want to say Alex Yeager, like I saw them doing a talk and then I was like, you know what, that we think, I disagreed with that. And then, but it was a really good talk and I have my, and then they were like, oh yeah, that's, you know, I think it was James Walsh that kind of went afterwards and said I disagreed with something, but Alex Yeager, it was more like, oh, actually, that thing that you said about he dis- that he just brushed over that entire topic, what exactly did you mean? And in kind of talking through them, that feels very different than just learning, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you, do you consider yourself successful? I mean, as an aside, I mean, I mean, considering, you know, the inner bind is, you know, sorry, Yogi is available. Your inner bind started off as kind of like a very simple game that obviously the premise was so simple, so easy to grasp that it kind of transcended what you would say the normal that you would expect from a kind of a board game, card game, and then kind of went into the kind of like the mass, the mass market. Because one of the, because th- one of the things I think that people forget about you is that you are out there in retail. I mean, people can buy Yogi. It's going through its second kind of stage. I mean, do you, do you, are you willing to take that kind of plot as a successful designer? I mean, are- um, so it's really weird. Um. At UK Games Expo, I gave a talk, BG Dev 101, or Board Game Design 101, that's what I called it. 
Um, because, you know, why have random acronyms unless you're trying to make it into a hashtag? Which, by the way, BG DevCon is both the name of the thing and also the hashtag. Because mm-hmm. Dave Cousin... But, yeah, so I was giving that talk. And it kind of... Each time I give that talk, because I gave a similar talk at Tabletop Scotland, and this time because of literally um, having my laptop and all my files stolen, I had to rewrite everything. But it does make me aware that, yes, I have travelled a lot further than a lot of people, because I left my last um, like full-time employment um, that was unrelated to board games in 2014, when I was basically working in retail and I I mean my goals are not very high financially but I do still feel like I don't quite have the stability to call myself um financially successful if you know what I mean like we'll see how it pans out um my ambition right now is to basically earn enough of yogi to survive which I am immensely privileged I would far rather if Wibble++ had been my first thing I don't know necessarily if I would have been able to carry on making games because it would have sold not quite as well I wouldn't have got some the um, you know it's a medium I got a cash injection when I licensed in a bind and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot more than you would get for a typical hobby game, for example, because it is a kind of game which without... I'm not... I mean, it sounds like I'm bragging every time I talk about it, but it is a game that does have the potential to sell millions. And I think it's almost... I believe that give it to not a few more years, and it might do. And, um, like, we'll see how it carries on with the... Um, like, the first year sales were really good like when it came up and now it's kind of um into a number that I'd love to be able to say but I've been told that I'm not meant to kind of say the exact number and um but I'm immensely privileged and it does basically if I did absolutely nothing of out of the money that I got um in royalties I'm mm-hmm. going to say um, when I was working in retail, I was earning, I don't know, between 10 and 11 grand a year. Yeah. It wasn't very much. Like, I mean, honestly, supermarkets and even if there are supposedly classy places like Whole Foods Market, they don't tend to pay you very much. Um, now, I have not earned quite as much this year yet, um, but it's not that far off. And 95% of that is from my one royalty check which is for six months and so i've reached a point where if i did absolutely nothing else i could probably just about manage to make ends meet and um yeah we if it carries on like this i could pay for rent and maybe go out to a dance class like every like few days and maybe have a restaurant meal like once every couple of weeks something like that it's not like I can go out whenever I want or anything, but it lets me live, if you know what I mean. So I'm at, it would help me get away from my... I see the end very close in sight where I'm no longer needing benefits because, full disclosure, right now I am still earning little enough 
that I do need a little amount of benefits, but I'm... And I'm sorry that it all comes down to money, but that is a thing that if I want to continue doing this, I do need money, do you know what I mean? Yes. And, um, yes, I like, it's the whole, um, like, and thank you very much for, like, chipping in, like, a quid on the Patreon that, like, I <laughs> do, like, and, like, just, like, the money there, it's not, like, even about the quid, do you know what I mean? It's purely about, kind of, the validation and the token of appreciation, which kind of means something because, I mean, like, saying to, even if someone were to, when I said, okay, click on your favourite picture, if I got enough involvement that 100 people were clicking on that, but no one actually wanted to, um, you know, give me a non, give me a quid, they would be like, well, at least I'm actually doing something that this many people are looking at. That's still pretty damn awesome. And, yeah. But you can have money for validation or you can have money for, you know, what it is, which is a method of um, sustenance. And But validation can obviously come from other methods through, like, people saying to you, hey, I really love that game. And people are telling me that they enjoyed my games. And I've gotten, like, in the last week, actually, I've gotten... I. I'm not saying it's more than I can count on one hand, but it's like a good three or four people in the last week saying, hey, I really enjoyed this game. And like maybe tagging me in a post or in a picture or whatever and saying, hey, we really enjoyed Phrasal. Oh, hey, we came up with these cool phrases. Or hey, I've really enjoyed Innerbind Junior, even though it's like long out of print. Um, Any chance that you could help me with uh, getting a copy or... um, like, is there any shop that might still stock it? And that's all... Like, even if they weren't asking for another copy, just and some, like, on my Kickstarter, people think, hey, I got this. I'm really enjoying that. For me, that is the ultimate validation. Not the money, but kind of people saying, I enjoyed this, because that is the ultimate thing. But in order to survive, in order to live my life, because I am not just a robot who can keep inventing ideas i do need to get paid and so it is a case of yeah um i think that i am on the cusp of what i would consider financial success in that i am just about hopefully within the next year or so to say you know what i don't even need benefits not that it's um very much and it kind of seems a bit um weird how like in a month where i'm basically making a loss i'm still only getting 200 pounds housing benefit Hmm. but um the it's um i'm on the cusp of getting there and i'm honestly in a place where i can say you know what wibble plus plus i don't need that to make money and I can say, you know what, I can reinvest a tiny bit of money from Yogi. Like, I shouldn't do too much because otherwise I'd be at risk of leaving myself short and actually struggling to pay the rent, which, like, right now after UK Games Expo, I have had to borrow a wee bit of other people, um, which, you know, I am privileged again that I do have some people that I can borrow money off, but it's yeah. never the best thing to have to do. And, um, yeah, I feel kind of awkward ranting about money for so long. But 
as a measure, um, so yeah, I'm on the verge of financial success. You asked if I'm successful. As a designer, um, there's, have I been able to make people laugh? Have I been able to get people to enjoy themselves? Yes, and like, it's, Yogi is now, I think in like 15 languages, I've honestly lost count because like it came out in Dutch like just um, last week and it's like they're doing another Scandinavian version on the horizon and it's kind of crazy to me and like reaching that many people I would love to kind of reach people in other ways like reaching people with um, you know the conversation which is going to be retitled which I've done with Laura Wood which is about kind of exploring human relationships and my one of my grand visions is to make an app like an actual mobile phone app where it's going to motivate you to kind of go out and literally touch parts of the world like it'll give you it's going to be called mini missions to minimize misery and madness and so you'd maybe say okay this, today your free missions okay you kind of say how are you feeling are you feeling miserable are you feeling like a bit sad or you're feeling okay happy or ecstatic and if you're feeling miserable it'll give you really easy missions like one of them might be to touch a tea tree one of them mm. might be to make a cup of tea one of them might be to brush your teeth and once you've done that it's like well done now enjoy the rest of your day come back tomorrow morning for some new missions and mm. kind of something to kind of help people stave off depression and give people um, a sense of accomplishment, not just in a virtual world where some number is kind of growing exponentially, like, you know, some, you know, yeah, yeah, pardon my language, you're going to have to put an explicit rating on this. Some like bullshit, um, clicker heroes, um, whatever game where it is basically tapping into that Skinner box. And you do have the sense of, well, is this actually morally responsible? Because a, it could be too addictive, but on the other hand, maybe it's the only thing that that person finds any joy from. But the ideal thing is to get something with that same sense of accomplishment that gets them interacting with the world. Like coming from it, not from a point of view of how can we get people hooked and keep them in the game, but really focusing them on the world and facilitating mm. good interactions and healthy um, bodies and spirits. And that would be my goal. And as a designer, I feel like I am such a newbie. Do you know what I mean? Because I've done um, three things, like Wibble++, obviously that's a lot of games. But broadly speaking, I've got the inner bind stuff, like with the junior, with the expansions, with Yogi, with Yogi Guru. I've got the Wibble++ stuff with like all the games for that. And I've got the... Um, yeah, Kitty Cataclysm, that's... I don't know why I forgot that for a moment. But, like, you know, I've not got... Um, yeah, I've done a bit of development. Like, Dino World, I actually um, finally saw Cesar again, like, last Wednesday, got my free copy, might take it to some family thing. Um, like, I have helped out on games like that, like Chocolate Factory, like, um, yeah, those are the main ones, um, and done a little bit of work, but I've never made a... Um, big Euro game myself. I've still only made a quite small variety of games. I've never made a game that I try to affect social change with. I've never made a game where people are eating things. There is so much more in the world. And I feel like, actually, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I feel I am on the cusp 
in terms of my experience, I think I'm now lower intermediate. And I feel like a, a really strong sense of achievement being able to say, you know what, yeah, I'm no longer a beginner, but I'm not like an expert. I'm maybe not quite intermediate, but I'm lower intermediate. Like if we had to go like beginner, lower intermediate, upper intermediate, like expert, I would say, yeah, I'm firmly on the second rung. So I am feeling, you know, quite happy with where I am. So I think you're under I think you're underselling yourself, but you know, that's just my kind of um that's kind of my kind of opinion on it, but there you go. <laughs> um in terms of the BG DevCon, you're right you're going are you right in going to Kickstarter yeah, to this to kind so... of cover cover some of the to cover some of the costs, yeah. Honestly, it not... was never about the costs. I know mm. that sounds like a weird thing to say, but um, it's about can we get enough people, and that's basically it. Um, right. So, first time we did it, we ran it, and it was great, and we had like thirty something people, and we had a great day. Second time we did it, we did it in April. Now, I didn't realise that Easter is actually a really big thing in England. I mean, you're like me, you're based up, well, you're like I used to be, based up in Scotland. And, um, I mean, Easter's not really a big thing in Scotland. I don't know how it is in the USA. But in England, places properly closed down. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, classes. Um, like, when I came to London and then I was having this kind of um, afternoon class and I was like, wait, wait a minute, you say you're closed on Easter? And they were like, yeah, you should expect that. Well, in Scotland, the school wasn't, like, closed just because it's Easter. I mean, am I wrong here? No, I think... Mm, I think it depends if they decide it's a public holiday. I know that normally we don't... I don't normally take Easter Easter days off. I know that down... Yeah, you're right, down in England, they're always... Yeah, like, they've got the whole Sunday trading thing. I mean, England's yeah. really religious compared to Scotland. I never actually realised until, you know, I'd been here for a few months... And it's, anyway, the point is so many people were going on holidays with their family and it happened, but it was a bit underattended. And then BG DevCon 3 was meant to then happen that same August and it kind of carried on. But, and I did what I'd always done, which was, okay, if you want a ticket, unlike the normal Playtest UK sessions, we do have to charge some money because Andy's using the venue but Andy doesn't charge anything for that um, the more important thing that is an actual cost is you know let's set aside all the hours that we spend doing all the stuff but Andy does that we do actually put on a breakfast and put on a lunch and get snacks for everyone and we do actually have stationary costs like we do get a lot of um, and yeah kind of comes to 12 quid per person and i wanted to say well when we did it off kickstarter it was basically 10 quid and so kickstarter takes just under 10 percent so at 12 quid we're basically getting um just above 10 pounds we're getting a bit less than 11 pounds um 11 ish whatever the point is that that um framework for kickstarter facilitating um, us to have um, a deadline for people to pay money in by last year meant that I was able to not cancel it at the last minute, which is what happens with the original BG DevCon 3. 
So we had, um, I think, like, I don't know why, like, maybe we didn't do enough PR, maybe we didn't do enough shouting about it, maybe people didn't, were like, oh, is there enough people? Oh, maybe there's not enough people. And it's that kind of thing where no one wants to be like the third, fourth, fifth person because it's perceived as an unsuccessful event, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so people don't want to start buying tickets. Now, one solution might be to buy tickets on a hidden platform so no one can see how successful it is. But And then you're like, okay, it's got 20 people, great. Um, that's a good amount. It's definitely going ahead. But at a certain point, you need to say, okay, there's not enough people. It's not going to go ahead. With this one, um, I've had it on a Facebook event for quite a while. I've been inviting people. I've been telling people about it. I should do a little bit more promotion, but it's the Facebook, honestly, I mean, the Kickstarter, honestly, is a way to get people to rally around because if there's less than 20 people, it's not worth us doing because mm. I know that sounds like a, it's kind of, yeah, theoretically you could have a good event, like even if it was like 10 people, but would it really have the same impact and emotional impact as BG Devcon? No, it wouldn't really. Whereas like once you've got 20 people, okay, you can have some really great talks and conversations. Once it's like that number, you can like start splitting and having like, okay, 30 people, we can have um, speed designing in one room, which is what we did last year, whilst yeah. other people are having like a round table and getting stuff off their chest. Like we had basically a ranting session where people were ranting about um, annoying Kickstarter customers and it was all completely off the record, but just people having... It was almost like Alcoholics Anonymous, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sitting around the chairs, and that was one of the things we did. Most of it, so there's like... feel like I should... Um, so I should get into what we do. Like, we have the micro-talks, like I said, the longer talks. We've got um, scheduled chit-chat breaks, and I think that's really important, that you have a long talk, and then rather than having questions after it... Like, let's do a couple of longer talks and then have a scheduled chit-chat break where you can approach that person personally. Because so often questions are better served as a small conversation between maybe a group of three or four people rather than having to use, like, the entire audience of 30 or whatever. And you've got, uh, like, we have a tradition of redistribution of physical objects where, let's be honest, some people have an excess of games, and I certainly do, certainly, like, as I'm leaving the country in a couple of years, and let's bring some stuff, and everyone takes away some stuff home. Like, if you don't have, like, everyone brings some stuff, and everyone takes away, like, free things, do you know what I mean? Just let's redistribute some stuff, and let, that could be, like, a designer, maybe, even bringing some copies of a thing they made, or maybe a book you read that you've finished it, but you think that someone else will get value out of it. And it's a nice way to kind of build rapport between people. And it's all about that connections, that socialising, but also having an audience so you can speak, and also about listening and learning, and yeah, that is BG DevCon. I've not said when it is or where it is. No, you haven't. Let them guess. Oh, I'll tell you what, tweet at us when you think it is <laughs> and where you think it is and what we'll do is we'll tell you how warm or cold <laughs> you are. I'm going to get... <coughs> I'm personally guessing it's going to be round about August. 
yeah. I'm guessing again, it's probably potentially looking at my calendar. Is it going to be a weekend? It is. I reckon it's going to be um, probably round about the 17th of August. Your spot's on, Richard. <laughs> I reckon it's going to start round about, doors are going to be opening round about, well, half nine, ten o'clock. And then they're going to continue as long as they need to over the over the 17th. Is that kind of right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, w- hopefully... Um... <laughs> I didn't know that. I'd like to point out that I had no knowledge of this prior. I've just completely guessed. <laughs> you know, I am a magician. There you go. That's, that's me using magic, all right? That's my wizard powers live on the podcast. Bez, can you confirm for the record that you'd not actually ever divulged to me the date, time? I mean, <laughs> it was available online, <clears throat> and that is something I have been shouting about. And so it is on a Facebook event. Um, If you look on Facebook for BGD... Thanks for ruining it. It was going to be one of these amazing reveal things. (laughs) Ah. It's not a bear. There you go. Bear, gorillas, um, development, um, constrictors. Just ruined it. Anyway, and how much is how much are you deciding the tickets are going to be? Can I guess that fifteen quid? It's a wee bit less. Twelve fifty. It's twelve. Twelve. All right, that's bad. That's not bad at all. That's pretty good. And I mean, if you're coming from out of town, I mean, we are aware that there is a cost involved. Um, if you do, if you're on a really tight budget, then get in touch and might be able to help. Last year. I put Katie Bain up in my house and so, you know, it just meant that she doesn't have to find somewhere else to sleep or whatever. And, um, yeah, I can potentially put up two people here. Um, and if you're coming from out of town, it's up in Enfield, like it's in EN34DZ, which is like quite far north London. So it, the best way to get here is to go to King's Cross and then it'll take an additional hour, which is why we have the doors opening at 9.30 and right. we do have like a um, sort of icebreaker puzzle that we've done every year. This time it'll be kind of uh, halfway between a puzzle and a game-like activity. But it's basically just, you know, at the start people can chat, but especially if they don't know each other, there's a puzzle that basically involves you asking people... Pardon me, people have told me their favourite game ahead of time and least favourites, and then there's clues, and then you go up to people and you start chatting. It's about facilitating discussion and getting people to interact. And then 11 o'clock is really when it all kicks off. That's when we have the welcome speeches and the micro-talks. But I do always encourage people to get there as early as they can. Because, you know, that's... If you are a bit anxious... You know, we have time to tour you around the building and say, okay, these are all your rooms that you're going to be in and this is where the loo is and this is where everything will be happening. And if you've never been before, I am going to introduce you to some of the people around the UK because I now, at this point, know a good portion of the people who are making games in the UK, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're, you know, not anxious or you're able to do your own introductions then even better you can just go in there and you know start talking to some random people and seeing what they've got to share with you and 
you know, it because it's not the best things that you learn aren't just in, you know, conferences or learning things. It's like in the unrecorded episode of War Not Wizards today that we did um, that will never be aired. Don't talk about that recorded episode. I shared my deepest, darkest <laughs> magical secrets but on that episode. In all seriousness, though, when, I mean... There's That's no... my self-destruct episode where I just go on and say, "Do you know what? You're all a bunch of you're all a bunch of sad nerds." I don't even I don't even play board games. I like action films with Michael Caine and going down the pub. That's what I like. You're all just you're all just rubbish. You've got no friends, none of you. I hate you all. I'm gone. Screw you. I'm getting so, out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Um. <laughs> So that's that. I mean, the best discussions aren't like just listening to someone. It's when you're having a conversation, not necessarily over alcohol, because like for the record, um, I think there's coffee, and like obviously there's sugar, which you could consider a drug. But basically, alcohol and drugs are like just not allowed. They're just not allowed. Yeah. Um. It is child friendly. So last year we actually had a wee, I think, like four year old. And I don't know if you know Flo. Um, um, Flo? I don't. And basically this person um, came with their wee girl uh, because, you know, they had to take care of them. And that's perfectly fine because whilst we are... Um, and Andy Angu even says, okay, in the main room, try and avoid swearing if you can, but in the other rooms, do whatever the hell you want. Um, but, and... It's, it is child friendly. I mean, you could bring a twelve year old. I I would bring my nine year old niece and totally think that's fine. And maybe my nine year old niece might even be inspired to make games. If you've nev- never made a game, then hopefully you might um, be inspired. You might learn something, or you might be just like, oh, that's really interesting. It's given me a deep appreciation of games, but I'm still never going to make a game. But I had a good day. And but the best conversations, the best times of learning. I mean, Matt Fantastic has said are in the pub once people are a bit drunk. I would say it's not to do with inebriation, but it's to do with that sense of familiarity and that sense of comfort. And it's when people have built up a rapport over the course of the day. By the end, when we have those round table discussions, when we are all venting and we all feel able to just say whatever the fuck we want. It is really good and it's really powerful and it's really good to learn, okay, this is a real thing that's happened to these people and this is what it's going to be like. I can't believe you fucking swore on this show. That's... <laughs> ben Maddox would... Um... Don't bring Ben Maddox into this. <laughs> Don't bring him in. Don't even bring that name in here. Don't you even dare. There's things going on between me and Ben I can't even discuss. <laughs> Don't you bring him in on this? Don't even. Oh, are you Can't going on? Even... Are you going on the podcast soon? Five games for doing. Oh, these five games. No way! I'm not going on that. Why not? He wouldn't have. Because he, he wouldn't have me. Yeah, he would. No, he Surely. wouldn't. I mean, yeah, no, he wouldn't. He's had... the first que- No, the first question would be right, and because this is coming up again and again and again, the first question would be right. Why on certain numbers of your shows since, like, on a show in twenty? Oh, have on, you been asking the zombie thing? Why are we asking the zombie question kind of thing? 
you know, why were you asking the zombie question? Because um, I think I was back in 2017, I kind of first asked it to somebody. Um, yeah. So I think that would be, there would be that awkward kind of, you know, thing. And then, no, nah, I'm joking. Ben's, Ben's great. I've been on the from, girl, would you? Be, you know, the BBC, I don't think they can complain too much. <laughs> Desert Alliance, why, why are you bringing this into stealing things? Oh. Uh, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Okay. Um, Why have you brought that conversation right to this? Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Tell me where people can find out information about the BG DevCon. What are you doing? Anyway, where can we find information about this? I might have to cut this. Okay, so, um, there... I won't, though. I was hoping that at this point I would say, okay, the Kickstarter's live and go to um, this web address, which will redirect your search for BG DevCon. There isn't a website. Um, probably there should be, to be honest, given like maybe after this year, we'll see if someone wants to make a website. Because it's that kind of thing where it is all community focused. Anyway, so the ways that you can find out about it are go on to Facebook and search mm-hmm. BG DevCon. All one word. Um, that's B for Bravo, G for Games, Dev for Development, Con for Conference. Um, and then if you look... I don't think I don't think you needed to explain that. Yeah, you think everyone understands that the BG is for board games. Well, I just thought it was for Bez something or other beginning with G. And Bez Giant. Figure out. Bez um, Gold. I don't know. Bez Gold. Yeah, it's all about... Um, Bez Gopher. The Bez Gold <laughs> Deviations Contingency. Don't... That's just nonsense. <laughs> right, so if we go on uh, Facebook, we'll find it there, yeah? Yeah, and also, if you are not on Facebook, um, you can, um, if you are on Twitter, you can um, ask me about it. I am Stuffed by Bez on Twitter. Stuffed by Bez, um, yep. And if you search for the hashtag BGDevCon, then you will find me talking about it earlier this year, but you'll also talk, find people sharing photos and stuff from last year and also 2017 or 2016 which is really nice that people have done that and um i think even like crawl parper wrote did a couple of write-ups adam in wales did a video and Mm. um actually matt um from creaking shelves matt anyway that matt from creaking shelves did a wee reviews if you want to but if you want to buy a ticket there's two ways that this is going to go because at the time of recording i i think i was telling you beforehand i'm having trouble getting my kickstarter accepted and um, because of a whole passport issue and um, which mm-hmm. is really weird it might be because my scan wasn't good enough or whatever they just haven't told me because kickstarter is a bit opaque and it's a bit annoying sometimes when it works it's great when it doesn't it's annoying and um I guess that's like most for me technical stuff. But um, either it will go on to Kickstarter and then I'll run a quick Kickstarter that finishes on the 1st of August. And assuming that there's um, 20 people that sign up to it and on the Facebook, I think there's already basically that number saying they'll definitely go and another like 40 something saying they'll probably go. Um, So... um, will it will run it'll be good we'll have stuff 
happening. We'll have food. We'll you'll learn things. If I cannot get the Kickstarter to work, then I will possibly do it via my own website. And but it's just that Facebook. It's it's a nice kind of platform for everyone to chat about it on. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to search my um, on Kickstarter, my um, thing is by Bez. So it's just B-Y-B-E-Z because I kind of made a Kickstarter tag thing back before I called myself Stuff by Bez. And so, Dave, just um, if you kind of make a thing, then you've got to sort of, yeah, leave it at that. They don't allow you to change it unless there's like a really, really good reason. And so... um. That is me on Kickstarter. You can search for it and you'll probably find the new ones. Um, BG DevCon, find it. It is happening on 17th of August. If you have any problems, also email me, stuffbybez at gmail.com. Sort you out. If like you want to come but and you want to speak, that will be brilliant. If you want to come and you want to um, not speak, that will be fine. You're very welcome. If you want to come and you're short of money and you want to stay over like one night or kind of talk to me about how I can help you get there potentially, then speak to me. Do that. Do all of that. Um, And what we'll do is we'll put it into the show notes so that we've got links to show. That's an awful lot of information, so I might just summarise it though, basically. (laughs) To be honest, that if you want to keep an eye, fine. if you want to keep and don't start interrupting me because you put me off me thing the last time when you interrupted. You were going me, to so. say that if you wanted to find us. I wasn't. No, maybe I was going to say something else. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, yeah, see, oh, um, then, then go, <laughs> go to the Google search for we're not wizards and you'll find us in all the different places, worn out faces. Uh, bright and early for the daily races um, <laughs> on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and our website and our blog and uh, and you can find us in all the podcast catchers with things with pod and the word cast and them and even Spotify that doesn't have either of those cast and them either though, anywhere just search for us we are we're just everywhere like um, some kind of terrible fad that's going about and everybody's praying when is this going to end potentially soon. What? Um, (laughs) And if you've liked what you've listened to, tell somebody else about it because we only get bigger and better by people telling us about it because we're egotistical. Uh, The other thing you can do is you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can give us a subscription, which is always cool. Uh, You can drop us a rating or review. If you drop us a rating or review, give us... Don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed and don't give us one star because um, every time you do that, a really cute animal in a forest that you've never (laughs) been to dies. Um, Give us something in the middle, (laughs) like a five, because it's average. We're just a little bit average, but the Mm. person who's not been average is rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Um, very successful. Bez, say bye-bye, Bez. Bye-bye, Bez. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Because I'm not going to do the are you a wizard thing, because we're both wizards. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, 
Do 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 some magic. Um, a wizard is never late. And it's like, yeah, a wizard is never late. Um, what film is that from? What do you mean? What film is it from? Isn't it them using a thing or? I... It's the Lord of the Rings. Is it's it Gandalf that says it? Oh, oh what? I couldn't remember. You know, I, just because it's a big movie, I don't have to like know every single line of the Lord of the Rings. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Make something awful. <laughs> and it's a bye-bye from me. And until the next time, um, I can't believe you don't know that's from Lord of the Rings. Bye-bye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.